0: Humor is part of my brand. Although I don't post cat pictures day in and day out, I periodically talk about manpants, and people think he has a ridiculous name and we talk about it. And it's just a little piece of who I am. So inside of what I believe personally, and that meshes with what I believe in business, I can also sprinkle in a little bit of personal stuff there too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's time for you to increase your influence, grow your business, and scale to freedom. Now, let's enter the lab with your host, Samantha Riley.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab and welcome to a new week in what is the first week of the final month of this year. I can't believe how quickly this year's gone, but don't take your foot off the pedal. There is still another month to go to help you really Get the foundations in place and launch yourself into 2020 knowing that it's going to be an amazing year. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to remind you that my free five-day challenge kicks off today, the Authority Positioning Project, which is a five-day challenge to help you transition from expert to well-known authority in 2020. Now, who is this for? Now, there's three different people or three different types of people that this is for. Number one, if you have a thriving one-on-one coaching business and you're almost at capacity and you want to free up more of your time next year whilst not losing money but actually increasing your income, this is for you. Number two, if you have a new coaching business which you want to grow to its full potential, then we would love you to join us. And number three, if you want to fast-track your coaching or consulting practice that you're building on the side so that you can leave your corporate job and escape the nine-to-five, then this challenge is also for you. Now, you might want to consider getting involved if you want to add six figures to your business in 2020. If you're feeling like the world's best-kept secret and you're ready to really launch yourself into next year so that people see you, hear you, and know you, then this is definitely for you. And if you know it's time to grow your business in 2020 and next year is the year that you finally decide that you're going to make a bigger global impact, then this is for you. Now, there's plenty of daily prizes on offer as well. Just go to samanthariley.global forward slash challenge to register your spot. Like I said, it's not too late to register. That's samanthariley.global forward slash challenge. Now, today's episode is all about monetizing your content. And we're joined by Alyssa Light or Twist as she's affectionately called. And in a very cool twist of events, see what I did there. She is sponsoring uh, one of the daily prizes in the Authority Positioning Project. Now, Alyssa has a very cool product called Social Media Recipe Cards. It's a physical product that you receive in the mail and it's a set of cards that you receive each month to help you uh, save time in creating your content. The cards give you the prompts and instructions on each card to create unique content and helps you to really connect with your audience, increase sales and grow your influence. So Alyssa is joining us today. Like I said, she's a professional speaker and marketing and HR topics are her specialty. Now, this is actually episode one of two. This is the first time I have ever recorded two consecutive episodes, but there is so much gold in this episode that we decided at the end of recording this that we were going to jump straight on. So uh, Alyssa is also coming up at the end of the week. So let's jump into today's episode and welcome Alyssa, twist light into the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Alyssa. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to do this. I know. And it was really weird because I just called you by Alyssa and that's actually not the name you go by. I should have actually said, welcome to the show, Twist. (laughs) And we will talk about that later. (laughs) I'm super looking forward to chatting with you today. We're going to talk about all things content around being visible to be showing up so that we can actually make sales, which is, I think, a piece of content marketing that a lot of coaches and consultants miss. They know that they have to get content out and they just don't know how to monetize that. So we're going to dive into that deep today. So exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you share with us before we start, what is it that you do and who are the kinds of people that you work with?
0: So I have two things that I do under sort of one umbrella. And it really is that I believe that we can build businesses through belonging and through community. Under that belief, I am a professional speaker. And I have a subscription of social media recipe cards that we mail out to a hundred people in four countries across the world.
1: Super cool. And I am one of those people. I fell in love with your recipe cards after a mutual friend of ours, Matthew Patty, said, these things are amazing. And I got on them. I was like, oh my goodness, they are. <laughs> and the same day that I bought them, I invited you to be on the show because I just loved the way that you wove your content. And what I loved about the recipe cards is that, A, it really appealed to my creative side and about how we weave content. I could see that you and I were very aligned in creating content that is not just aimed at building our authority so that it leads to a sale, but it also helps people to get to know us. And it was done in a very different way to what I've seen before. So let's start there. How is people knowing you as a person about your values, about your quirks, about all of the things that we used to keep in private? How are people knowing those kinds of things going to help us to sell? I
0: think one of the things that we need to keep in mind always at the forefront of our minds is people don't buy from businesses. They buy from people. And it doesn't matter if we're referring to an actual sale or we're referring to a volunteer position. If the person we know at a specific charity moves somewhere else, we often go volunteer there then because our person is there. Yes. If we shift that to business, what we want is for people to say, this is my person, there they are, I see them, I know them, and these are the things I know about them. And so that's what creating really great content is
1: about. So what is sharing too much? Because this is a question that I get asked Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. like a lot. Mm -hmm. Because I think that this is a very fine line between people knowing you. Actually, before we started recording, how did you you put it like so that people like really know who we are? And Mm -hmm. like they should know that anyway. It shouldn't be a thing that we come out and it's like saying we're trying to be authentic. Well, you either are or you're not. So it's the same as who we really are. You either are or you're not. But how do we know how much to share? Like, what is that line of crossing?
0: I think the line is different for different people. And I'll give you a great example. So I'm Canadian and I live relatively close to the American border. And I was really close to it today. And I got an American radio station, Uh which is unusual. And flipping through the stations and somebody was talking about politics which is, you know, do I post that? Do I not? Uh And I thought from a marketing perspective, this could be a really interesting conversation to listen to. Uh And so as I'm listening to this woman on a Christian radio station, talk about her biblical values and what she wants to see, although I may not agree with that, her audience may. And if her audience are the people that are going to get her elected, essentially make a sale, if you want to put it in business terms, then it's really important for her to say those things. Yes. So, the things that you say are the things that are important for people to know if you want to make a sale. It's
1: On the finding, finding your people, isn't it?
0: And it, that's not to say that you shouldn't post if you love cats. There are some things like humor that people love. And you may not be a cat person, but when I post a picture of my very suave modeling man pants, <laughs> I don't love Right? and humor is part of my brand. Although I don't post cat pictures day in and day out, I periodically talk about manpants, and people think he has a ridiculous name and we talk about it and it's just a little piece of who I am. So inside of what I believe personally and that meshes with what I believe in business, I can also sprinkle in a little bit of personal stuff there too.
1: I, I love that because I think that a lot of people, and there is two very polar opposites to this. You know, there's the people that share too much and there's some things that, you know, if you're having a really ugly relationship breakdown, I think that it's okay to share that you are having that, but we don't need to know what happened and what's happening in your personal life. But again, like you say, that's up to us personally. So I guess that's my frame or my view. Can I add something
0: right there? Let me yeah, add something.
1: Oh, actually, I would really love you too. So
0: the, and I apologize for interrupting,
1: but there's something that just
0: like dropped in that needs to be said. Yeah. I think that when we post things that are currently very emotionally charged and they have to do with upset about another person, it can be disrespectful to the other person if they're close to us. So I'm not talking about if, you know, a politician does something wrong or if a famous person does something wonderful. That's not Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm referring Mm -hmm. to something really personal like the relationship piece that you just talked about. And I think it's really disrespectful if we post something that personal, if people know who that person is. Yes. And so there's a way to do it. And I think in that particular case, if I was, let's pretend I'm a matchmaker. Let's pretend I'm a matchmaker. Maybe what I post is, something really authentic like hey i tried to matchmake myself and although the person that i've been spending time with is wonderful we've just decided that it doesn't work for us and i'm so excited to match make for myself again you know yeah. totally appropriate yes yeah totally, we don't need to know that you peed like that's yeah. that's the whole thing right yeah we don't I know i just went off and left field for some people but like that's the kind of detail we don't need yes that's why i did that i did it on purpose because When we bring in those little tiny details, we lose our audience. We lose our audience. So we want to provide something that arches over and says, hey, it's kind of like this. And it's not about being vague. It's about being respectful.
1: Yes. I'm really glad that you jumped in there because it's reminded me that we have to provide value, whether it's through education, whether it's through entertainment, exactly like you were saying, like I like to entertain my audience interjected with how I educate my audience. And I think that when something personally happens to you, that's not when you post it. If in a few months time, once it's blown over, if there is a lesson that you can share that you learnt from that situation, that is okay to share. But being in the moment in an emotionally charged whatever and sharing it then, I love the way that you said that, because I hadn't been able to articulate, but that's it. You know, if you can share it down the track with a lesson, that's completely different. And I actually called someone out on social media just the other day because he called someone else out and he didn't use their name, but he, he put specific things in the post. And there was a lot of comments with everyone saying, oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad you called that person out, blah, blah, blah. And I went, actually, do you know what? I actually feel this is in poor taste. We all know who it is that you're talking about. And I don't think that this needs to be public. And I did wear a bit of slack for that, but I'm actually okay with that because I went with my values in, I actually don't think that's a cool thing to do. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And with some of the big conversations that are happening in North America right now, I made a decision a few months ago that I was actually probably a year ago that I was not going to be complacent when I saw something online Mm -hmm. that needed a piece of education and not a piece of Not an attack on it. So when we talk about some political issues or some racial issues, sometimes I step in and now if I see it and I I know that I can add something that might educate or I can respect an opinion, but also add something that maybe they hadn't thought of and we can have this beautiful dialogue, then I'm there. Then I do that.
1: Love that. Seriously, half an hour ago, we were having this same conversation with my clients because I was saying there's a school of people out there that say if someone comes into your world and they say something or they say something you don't agree with, you block. You're in charge of your, your account. I'm of the belief that I'm a grown adult. I want to treat people with respect and listen to their opinions because I can learn. I'm okay to have a debate, not a fight but a debate on social media so that we, everyone can learn. I want to treat people the same way that we would be if we were in a room. Mm-hmm. If it then gets crossed and if then a person turns against you and makes it personal, then I have no issue blocking at that point. But I think mm-hmm. that having the ability to be empathetic and to learn and to, to have conversations with your community on social media is actually really, really great for your brand
0: it really is i mean i have talked about issues of we have like 100 communities in canada that don't have clean water they're indigenous wow. communities, and i'm really it just really gets me going it's not okay and yeah. one of them people go oh yeah but they live like way up in the arctic and you know you have to fly in communities and then i say to them no there's one an hour south of us and people have no idea i mean i live close to toronto there is a community an hour from the biggest city in this country that does not have clean water. Yeah, and I talk about it, and I talk about it as a matter of responsibility. Yeah. and you know, it, it, and and it really gets people going sometimes. The other thing that can happen though, when we post things like that, and if you go back in my newsfeed, you'll see that the most quote unquote taboo topics that I post get the least amount of response. Uh huh. And yet, when I go to events, people will say, can I talk to you for a minute? Yes. I love what you're putting. And I'm so scared to say that I love it, but it's so good. I mean, I love reading the stuff you put about your foster kids, which is always funny things that my foster kids have said. But it's like, thank you so much for saying that. I don't have the guts to, you're awesome. I'm so inspired by you. Because a lack of posts does not mean a lack of interest. And that is something that people forget. They don't know. A lack of engagement does not equal a
1: lack of interest. That is so true. Absolutely. Because a lack of engagement can be just fluff. But putting those kinds of posts out there, people may feel unsafe commenting. However, it can really bring people or attract people to us. And that's what we're talking about here is that people are searching for their tribe they want to align with people that have got similar values that are are willing to stand up and stand for something and if someone's doing that they want to be with that person Mm
0: -hmm. you know here's a really great example and i'm going to give an example to your audience and to you of just how respectful this conversation can be in north america and maybe in australia too i don't know there is a conversation that the word tribe has been taken from indigenous cultures and there's right. a request not to use it in business. Okay. Now, you're in Australia. You may not know that. I'm in right. Canada. I just learned that. I mean, Seth Godin, one of the most incredible marketers on the planet, yeah. has an entire book about tribes. Yes. Well, I think that being able to say, hey, I learned this hey, could we you know, show respect? This wasn't a conversation and now it is. And it is because we didn't understand it before and now we do. So it's a new, I don't want to say a new measuring stick, but a new set of values that we can look at things through. That's the Absolutely. empathy here.
1: Absolutely. When we come from that place of being empathetic, it completely changes the conversation. Yep. it really does change the conversation and the more we sta- like stand for something and change this conversational well, a i mean from a selfish point of view the more i grow right the more we grow um, yep. however the what we do is we become polarizing and we start to push the people away that were never going to work with us anyway and it's right. that- Right. More with the people. Right. And this is the piece, isn't it? That people are afraid to say things because we will, people will be upset or they will judge or, and then you're like, were, were they going to do business with you anyway? And that's and, the piece. You
0: know, yes. And you know, I just got the most beautiful visual for our friends who are visual. Are you ready? Oh, well, I'm so visual. So I'm ready. <laughs> This is my whiteboard. Have I introduced you to my whiteboard yet? No, you haven't, but you need to. This is my whiteboard. I make love to it at least once a day. (laughs) Now, this whiteboard weighs over 100 pounds, so 45 kilos. I'll try and do the math there, okay? And it's magnetic, okay? Here's the visual, friends. Sometimes we put things up and the magnet isn't strong enough and everything falls off. If you're putting up content that is kind of then all of your people, no, everyone's gonna fall off. If you create amazing content, these magnets, that's like a magnet, it's so strong and it sticks and it holds those people to you. That's what it's like. That's what it's like when we put up content that's polarizing or magnetic.
1: I love it. Well, isn't it interesting that polarizing and magnetic are exactly the same thing in the context of what we're talking about. People say, I'm too afraid to be polarizing. However, when we get that just right, it is magnetic at the other end, the same piece of content. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, this is, I'm just going to share something really personal, okay? As a speaker, friends, nobody is looking for me on Facebook. Like, no one's looking for me on Facebook. There is no event planner going, hmm, I wonder if I Google speaker if they come up on Facebook. (laughs) Like, I have grown my speaking business entirely organically. I have never made a cold call for a speaking gig, ever. Every single one has been a referral, or um, an introduction at an event, Uh or, hey, I heard about you, or a, hey, I heard you speak, you have to come and speak at my event. Uh Every single one of them. And what's so important about what I put on Facebook is that an event planner is coming to see who I am as a person. I had an event planner, oh my gosh, funniest story, you are gonna love this, especially you're gonna love this because you're Australian. So I, there was a wonderful event planner, and she she was like, hey, I have the international, um, I'm gonna mess up the name of the event, it's an international women's leadership business side, uh-huh. okay? And she's like, we just checked out your Facebook profile, you are perfect for next year. She's like, we already booked for this year, but you're on our short list for next year. She's like, I just went to your Facebook page, and she's like, I saw you at a cabin in your pajamas and you have a pet chipmunk. (laughs) Yes. As a matter of fact, I do. Her name is Daisy. Her name is Daisy. I have a pet chipmunk. And she just thought that was the neatest thing that this like real person, not somebody who had this planned out content that was super perfect, that was promoting every event she was doing, that she could see a picture of my chipmunk. She Mm. absolutely loved seeing this picture of Daisy and this little video of me feeding Daisy. Yeah. And that was really magnetic for her. Yes. I had another event planner say to me, I, we love that you're all about community and we can see that because you post about your foster kids. And the thing I post about my foster, obviously I can't say their names. I can't give their names. I use like initials that aren't even their initials when yeah. I post, right? protect yeah. so, privacy, but I always post funny things that they say. And the funniest thing that came recently was he walked into the kitchen and I was toasting almonds, okay? Just for the record. Uh huh. And he, he looked down and he goes, oh, Why are there toenails in the frying pan? <laughs> 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 said, I said, Buddy, they're toasted almonds for the salad. And he goes, Oh, yeah, I was just checking. <laughs> right? But that it's so gold. Funny, Right? And so if humor is part of your brand, then how can you put humor into what it is that you offer to your audience so that they know who you are? Totally. Because if you have a corporate look, but you're hilarious. Those don't always go together in the minds of most people, right?
1: My question to you is how do you mix in that real personal, this is who I am and this is actually what I'm out there doing. These are the events I'm speaking at because it's very difficult for people to refer you if they don't know what you do. Do you have some sort of algebraic equation for us on how you mix that together? (laughs) There you go, I couldn't think of a word and then I came up with that. (laughs) If I could do algebra, maybe, but I'll make it a lot easier. I'll just make it a lot easier.
0: So if I'm out swimming, then maybe I'm on a beach and maybe the post that I have is there's all these beautiful people around. It reminds me of being on stage. Everybody's different and yet we're all having a good time. Yeah. Okay. It's like that, right? Or I could be even more deep and I could say, you know, as a speaker and seeing all these people on the beach, it's, it reminds me of how beautiful all the different pieces of, of business are, all the different people that come into our lives. We never know who's sitting beside us. Oh, best story. Oh, cutting off myself, best story. <laughs> okay. I have a wonderful mentor. His name is David and Actually, he speaks in Australia frequently, and he's uh-huh. in the marketing space, a marketing customer service. And I took a course with him I don't know, four years ago, five years ago, and he said the greatest thing had just happened to him. He was walking through an airport, and somebody was reading his book. How cool is that? Right? And so he sat down beside this woman, and he's like, good book. And she's <laughs> like, yeah. Now, you have to understand that David is like, He's just like a get on a plane, go super polite man, but he's not always an initiator of conversation or at least he wasn't that those are his words and not mine. Uh-huh, I think uh-huh. he probably would describe himself differently. So he says to this lady, what's in the book? And she's like, it's a business book. And he, she's like clearly a little bit, you know, put off in some way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he looks at her and he goes, do you want me to sign it? And this look comes over her face and he flips the back cover and his picture is right there.
1: That is so cool.
0: Right? So in that case, you could do a post and say, you'll never believe what just happened. One of personal peace is to walk through an airport and see someone reading my book. You'll never guess it just happened. Here's the beautiful Samantha Riley that I just met reading my book and now we got to spend half an hour talking about business before I had to go sit in C- C31, you know, yep. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's ways to weave that in and, and to talk about what you're doing, but add that little personal touch to it. And you don't have to go all out and give every detail of something, but just to stay like, here's how I connected with another human, is will has so much value for people.
1: What I'm hearing is that this is all around, it's just about storytelling. I set myself a challenge a couple of years ago to create content around something that was in front of me that I'd never thought before of doing, whether it's what I did today or sometimes I'll just go through my camera roll and I'll just sort of scroll through and go, okay, I'm choosing that picture. How can I, like what metaphor, what analogy can I pull from this to tell a story? I know know we wish that I was talking to you about this before we started recording that I just went to a brand new hairdresser last week. That's
0: post. Best post, people pay attention if you're driving all over, this is amazing. This is one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard, so please pay attention.
1: <laughs> I love that, my podcast, but thank you. <laughs> I went to this hairdresser, I have been through a ton of hairdressers that just could not get my hair the way that I wanted it to be. I was seriously, and I think it was even with you, I was discussing doing all sorts of crazy things like making it a different color. I was joking with my daughter about shaving it off. And then she went, actually, that that's quite, you know, quite a bit over the top, mum. Why don't you just go find a hairdresser that's actually really good at doing blonde hair? And guess what? My friend was telling me where she goes and they only do blonde hair. So anyway, I went to this hairdresser and, oh my God, best hairdresser ever. And... I thought this is just such a brilliant post about niching. Who would ever think about a hairdresser specializing in just applying one color? Most people would be too afraid to do that because they're going to turn around too many clients. And in actual fact, anyone that's in blonde within a 20-kilometer radius is flocking to this hairdresser because they're specializing what they do. I think that there's a lot of value in sharing these personal stories and weaving them with the teaching that we're trying to give. Because as humans, we want to be part of storytelling. And not only can I share, this is my teaching. This is what you need to know. This is what I teach. But here's something about me.
0: Yep, and absolutely.
1: So much value in that.
0: And, you know, just some really good tips for the way that you can post that gets attention. Post really short sentences you know, or short paragraphs, so when you made that post, it was, you'll never believe it, this is what happened, you know, and you walk somebody through something. Yes. If you're not a person who can type because you can't type, because you're afraid of the keyboard, because you get writer's block, use a voice-to-speech, or excuse me, a voice-to-text system, and then just go in and edit it. It doesn't have to be big and scary anymore because we have wonderful tools. There's otter, there's dragon, there are so many. Often phones have them right on their right on the app on your phone, on the on the uh, notes software on your phone. Yes. Like just make this easy for yourself. Yeah. Go in, edit it. Don't post big blocks of text because people don't read them. When it's all broken up, then we don't get reading fatigue. our eyes aren't fatigued. Also, when you post little pieces at a time of the same story in a conversational format as opposed to a professional format, it's easier for us to follow and Mm. we feel like we're getting further. So that's a subconscious brain hack. And when you posted that, I mean, you had so many comments on that so quickly because people were like, this is brilliant. This is great. Where is it? Where can I get it? What can I do? How was your experience? This is amazing because it was so relatable and so easy to digest your content because of how you formatted it as well as the content itself.
1: I'm so glad you even brought that up because it's something that I wouldn't have even thought of mentioning that. But definitely it's something that I do, that I generally write a sentence per line because there's more white space. It's not as overwhelming. But instead of it just being a big block of text, what I find is even when I read over my own copy before I publish it, You just want to go to the next line to see what's happening. And I do put in a lot of crazy, I'm going to say isms of the way I speak. Like I type it in a lot, very, very strange ways that I speak in person. And what I love about that is when people read the way I speak, when I meet them in person and I speak the same way, it's just there's no, there's congruence. Mm -hmm. because that's exactly how I speak. And I put in lots of weird hashtags because that's how I speak. I actually speak like that in real life. I'll be like, hashtag funny. (laughs) I'm just writing it exactly the same way that I would speak. And, you know, friends, you can joke about things. Like
0: you can say, hey, I'm going to hashtag out loud right now. Does anybody else hashtag out loud? Whenever I do that, it doesn't matter what audience I speak for. Everybody thinks it's funny. I may have to change my delivery a little bit but because I know my audience, I can do that. Yes. So don't forget that the other thing that you can do is instead of typing everything out, do a Facebook Live. If you don't like it, you can delete it. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. There is a wonderful tool that I just learned about, so excited, if you are too afraid to go live, here's what you can do. Use the uh, video recording on your computer, record something, or use Zoom, record yourself. Then what you do is upload it, I think it's called OneStream, I think it's called OneStream, and then you attach that to your Facebook and it'll look like you're going live and you're not. Uh, Ah, yeah. If you're really scared, you can do that and then it still looks like you're live and you've just been a superhero for yourself.
1: Amazing. Absolutely, although there is one thing I will say to that is that by forcing myself to go live, like I remember the first few times I went live, oh my goodness, seriously, I almost made myself ill. (laughs) I was shaking, like literally I looked back at my first live and just laughed so hard. But what it did was it forced me to be able to do my videos a lot quicker. I was a person that would do a three-minute video for like all day, 55 times, where now because I'm used to going live, I can do it in two or three takes. So I think that there is some bonus to doing both, but I love that tip, super good.
0: Yeah, and maybe, you know, I think there needs to be some, some people can't just jump in the cold water, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, another thing that you can do if you're not comfortable delivering your content on camera, get with another friend who's also afraid to deliver their content because people are more apt to say, I'm afraid to go live than they are to say, I'm afraid to post. Get with someone else who's afraid to go live, have a date every day, 15 minutes, for two weeks, or one week, or whatever, and you just do it at the same time every day, and you have a Zoom call, and you just get used to seeing yourself on the screen, and then together you progress, and so you both do a live at the same time on the same day, and then you have your call after, and you get to celebrate together, and so make it a progression, so it's like a mini mastermind for yourself on going live on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever you pro- platform you choose.
1: Yeah, I love. I really, really love that because. It's easier to do things together. And I do so many interviews because I much prefer to bounce off and have these conversations. I could have done a Facebook Live on creating content. It wouldn't be nearly half as entertaining as me here with you because we're bouncing off each other. So I think that it's about you creating content as a content creator in a way that feels natural to you so that you can authentically show up. Or show up in the most natural form of you because sometimes people might say oh, you know I, I get a really weird vibe from them It might just because you're nervous or you're you're delivering in a way that's not natural for you great tip
0: Absolutely, and remember that sometimes we grow in to our delivery Absolutely, I, you know as I've grown as a speaker my delivery has changed so even though you may not be a speaker or you may not be a coach or you may not be a consultant or you may just be thinking about what you want to do or maybe you're all of those things and you're thinking about something different, you're always going to need to ease into something and as both of us have just said, we get better with time, right? And so do it and try it and try it and try it because a year ago, I'll tell you a secret, a year ago, I was afraid to be on live. I couldn't even be on a Zoom call a year ago.
1: Wow. Can I just share something with you? It's not a secret anymore. Lots of people know that now. (laughs) If you're listening, I just got a tongue at me. (laughs) I love it. So for people that are wanting to sell more, what is the biggest piece of advice you can give them about creating content so people want to reach out and buy from you? Okay,
0: so here's what you need to do, friends. It's not about you. (laughs) your content is never about you. You may be, and we've just spent how long talking about the fact that you post personal stuff, but it's not for your benefit. It's for your audience's benefit. So when you write, think about them, put yourselves in their shoes and say, what would I want to read if I was looking for my services? Or if you're in of the mindset or in the niche of, you know, people don't know they need me, but they do. Uh-huh. And you need to talk about and story tell why those people need you and who else has been in their shoes that then got benefit from working with you. Have it be a series. So like one of the things that I do for clients, for example, Samantha, is we'll, I'll write an article for them and it's, you know, long post, short article, whatever you want to call it. And so we'll do that and we'll say, this is the theme of the week. Here's what we're going to chat about. We know that that article is only going to hit one to 2% of the audience. We know that. So what we do is then I take out pieces of the article that on their own can be short pieces of content uh-huh. and just post those for the following five days. So it's an article and then it's little bits. It's kind of like a Facebook post and then a bunch of tweets, but I would just use it all on Facebook if that's where my, my client's audience is, for example. Yep. Right? Yep. If the audience is on Instagram, we do it Instagram. If it's you know LinkedIn, it's a little bit different because it's a much more professional atmosphere. But even that is changing a little bit.
1: I was going to say, I've noticed a big change just recently. Mm -hmm. And when I say just recently, probably in the last six months, I've noticed Mm -hmm. a change in the content that's going out on LinkedIn. It is definitely not as, you know, in air quotes, corporate professional than it used to be. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So going back to like the selling question more specifically. Remember that, and and I'll use an analogy that lots of people use, but then I'll use a different one, and I don't know what it is yet, so I'm going to make it up, and it might not land well. (laughs) Friends, what I'm demonstrating right now is that we don't always get it right the first time, okay? Uh Uh So Uh people say, you know, you don't get married on the first date. You don't propose on the first date. It's the same in marketing. You don't ask someone for a sale the first time you meet them. Uh Most of the time that's true. Sometimes it's not, but most of the time that's true. So how is it then that we can warm up our audience so that they're ready to buy. And really, we're not trying to get them to do anything. What we want is for them to see an opportunity and take advantage of an opportunity. And when you reframe a sale that way, suddenly being able to write or create content becomes very different.
1: I think the biggest takeaway in what you just said then is we need to know the frustrations that are holding our ideal client avatar back. We need to understand what's happening in their world. We need to understand how what they're doing currently is impacting and not getting them the results that they're looking for. And we need to talk about what it is that they want. And then knowing all of this, the creation of the content comes around all of that. So it's almost like we've got a crystal ball. We can read inside their head and we're just repeating back to them what they're thinking.
0: And if you don't know what they're thinking, for those of you who just went, but I don't know. (laughs) Because I heard you, I heard you. And what I want you to do is I want you to go on your Facebook post and I want you to look at the comments and the questions people are asking. And if there's somebody else that you respect in in your space, go and look on their Facebook page and look at their content. But you're not reading the content. You're reading the questions that people are asking. So Mm -hmm. practice answering questions that people are asking. There is a fabulous book. I do not have it here, but there's two that I want to talk about really quickly. Have you read this book? It's called Free Prize Inside. This is a Seth Godin book. So Free Prize Inside. This is the follow-up to Purple Cow. Uh huh. So for those people who are not familiar with a purple cow, if you saw one in a field, it would be so remarkable that you could do nothing but remark on it. You too need to be remarkable. That is purple cow in one sentence. Okay, friends, you don't need to read the book. You just need to be remarkable. Seth, I adore you, but that's it in a nutshell. This book, oh my goodness, people don't know about it. Free prize inside, this book is brilliant. This book talks about how when you become the marketing, when your thing is so remarkable that it markets itself, you have a free prize inside just like how when we were kids we wanted a specific cereal because there was a prize in the cereal box oh, so we goodness. didn't want the cereal we wanted the prize and so what you want is for people to watch the prize which is working with you which is the result that they're going to get from working with you you want them to be so excited about that that you become remarkable
1: wow do you know i've never even heard of that book how do i not even know that that book exists
0: oh I'm no a i got Mm, I have another one for you. I'm going to make some noise because I literally just bought a copy of it to give to somebody. I'm going to get it right now so you can see it. Have you read this book? This is called A Beautiful Constraint. Looks beautiful. So this book is by Adam Morgan and Mark Barton. And this is the attitude that if you put constraints or boundaries on something, that suddenly something you couldn't see before naturally arises. And it is... Mind blowing. Let me give you an example because I can see your face. You're like, I don't know about this yet, Alyssa. Let me tell you. <laughs> Wist has the answer. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Why do you think Google's homepage is so simple?
1: I have no idea. Never
0: thought about it, have you? No. But it's wonderful, isn't it?
1: We all go there hundreds of times a day. Right. It's because when Larry
0: Page coded that, It was the only coding skills he had. It was the limit to his coding
1: skills. No way. Don't we all overthink things? Just a lot too much.
0: Yeah, and there's a wonderful section in this book. Now, I have to tell you, if you're going to buy this book, friends, you have to commit to this book because this book has the teeniest font and it is the thinnest pages and it is a game changer. There is a whole chapter dedicated to this attitude of, well, we can if... And so we put the problem in the middle and you go, hey, well, these are the constraints, but we can make it happen within that. We can do it if, and you just Uh, play. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, love that. They're the kinds of conversations where you come up with things and go, I can't believe that we have just changed the thing that's been holding us back in business for like five years with one conversation.
0: Going back to the original top question you asked me about what I do, that's how we came up with social media recipe cards because it was, you know, there's so much done for you content. There's so much, there are calendars you can get that have one question and you just answer the question. But we wanted it to be so clear and we wanted it to be offline. There's the remarkable part. You get a box yes. in the mail.
1: Oh my right? God, how excited was I when I reached out to you? Are you posting it to me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: And the fact that we included the postage. So like, you know, here's the price. And it includes the postage. And people go, what? I don't have to pay for shipping, but I live in Australia, but I live in India, but I live in the UK, but I live in the US. I don't care where you live. It doesn't matter. It's one thing, all looked after, one price every month. And if you say social media recipe card, people go, wait, what? Yeah. Literally, you just follow the instructions. And it is incredible how quickly that it's grown because it itself is a free prize inside. We put the constraint of how can we create something offline that will benefit people online.
1: Love it. Love it. So we've been talking about content, how to create amazing content for people that want to know more about the social media recipe cards. Where do they go?
0: Uh, Just socialmediarecipecards.com.
1: That was so difficult. (laughs) Right? I love it. So, of course, that will be linked up in the show notes for anyone that's out on their morning walk and forgets what that is, just head to the show notes. And I can thoroughly recommend them. They're fantastic. What I love about them is that they take away the decision fatigue of what am I going to write about. And I just flick through them. And I haven't actually followed the recipe on any of the cards, but I haven't needed to because it just... Flick something into my head and I go, oh, I could do such and such. And I I don't even use the actual recipe, but it just makes it so easy. So can thoroughly, thoroughly recommend them. I love them. It has been so amazing. So So amazing to have you on the show. I've loved what we've talked about. I really love the conversation that you opened up around how to create content that positions us as a real person. And I've said that with a little bit of sarcasm because I think that we try and make things so. Well, how do we do it for business? How do we make this so we can sell? But it's just by us showing up who we are and sharing who we are that has people reaching out and attracting to us and coming to work with us. So thank you so much, Alyssa. Twist. Oh my God. Twist. <laughs>
0: Yes. Um, this has been a blast and I would absolutely love to do this anytime. If you've got people that are stuck, you've got big questions. I would love to come back and do this again and be of service to your audience.
1: Oh, we're so doing this again. We are so doing this again. Uh, oh <laughs> Thank <my you> so- <laughs> Thanks so much. Take care.
0: Discover how to grow and scale your thought leader's business. Check out samantha.riley.global. Head over to Facebook and join a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community.